The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate resilience with Alessandra Sagredo. Now, it's certainly not unusual to have the origin story of a book on overcoming challenges. Alessandra's story, however, is quite unique as as is the solution arrived at for leading a powerful, fulfilling life connected to all aspects of what is generally accepted to make the human experience, namely on physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. Alessandra grew up as an adopted quarter black bisexual female mystic in a house full of strict Salvation Army ministers, leaving, going through a divorce and subsequent bankruptcy only to face a walnut size inoperable tumor in her brain. These are just some of the things that have made her who she is today at the age of 44, completely healthy, free, and living a life of bliss. Throughout her life, she's lived a dichotomy of two worlds, one of business as a high-level corporate consultant and successful business owner, and one of a spiritual explorer, mystic, and teacher. She has been privileged to touch thousands of lives over the years as a recording artist of guided meditations, a public speaker, and course and retreat leader. Along the way, creating a new system of approaching spirituality in a way that some have called a paradigm shift. She now felt it was worth sharing with the world by having her book published. And that book, of course, is Soulphoria. Soulphoria. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. So glad to have you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. This cover for Soulphoria is gorgeous. This is a a provocative and practical approach to spirituality and has kind of a, um, a euphoric type of image on the front. I can actually, I have a copy of the book. If it doesn't go blurry, you can kind of. Let's see. Right. 
light. Here. Oh, it's going blurry. That's okay. That's okay. So um, the book is Soul for you. Yes. And um, so a practical application for spirituality. Yeah. Yes. Um, why did you think this book needed to be written? Well, I feel like we're in a time period where everyone is looking for change and shift, but there's not a lot of actual practical application. And so what I tried to do with this book is I tried to take the, the knowledge I had gained and put it into a structure that someone could step into right from the very beginning and follow it through. It's almost like you're going on a journey with me through to your soulphoric state, which mm-hmm. is what I call when you're fully aligned. It's that euphoria through the soul. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Tell me more about this sulfuria state. I've not heard it put in quite that way. So the sulfuric state is simply put, it's when you're fully in alignment, when you have your mind and your emotions and your heart and your body and your soul in alignment, and you're actually breathing joy out through that state. So you're actually experiencing the world around you through that euphoric state. It can happen when you're dancing. It can happen when you're um, reading a book. It can be happening when you're creating, it can be happening wherever your soul is at its ultimate and everything is in alignment. Everything is happy with what you're experiencing, what you're doing. How did you discover that? Well, I had quite a journey for my own personal experience. As you mentioned, I was raised by ministers and, um, I've always had this draw towards everything mystic and spiritual and I've always been able to kind of feel other realms and see into other realms and so it was very natural for me to start going into this world. Um, I opened a wellness center in downtown Vancouver and that's when I really started to kind of offer the services out more Yeah. Um, and then I got back into the business side after that but I don't really know exactly how to explain how how I came to, to gather all of this, but it's been a lot of learning, a lot of studying, a lot of self-study and a lot of self-understanding. Um, and I think that's, that's really what Sophoria is about. Sophoria isn't about teaching you about dogmas or religion or spiritual mm-hmm. traditions. It's about helping you discover who you are inside and what your soul side is and how you can unwrap all the layers of the aspects of the self that you've been taught to carry and you've taught this is the best version of you you actually start to remove those aspects and then you start to discover who you are and how you can live in your truly sophoric state oh my goodness well how did you even get started writing this book I have been writing since I was a child. I've always loved to write. So, you know, again, when I started to do my own spiritual discovery and development, I would write, I would journal a lot. And that's one of the tips I would tell someone, if you want to actually start to speak to your soul, start to have a conversation with it through writing or movement, anything that actually kind of takes you out of your mental focus state and into letting yourself express. And so the writing was one area for me. And I've been I started writing this book a number of years ago and it was when I had my cancer diagnosis and I went in for chemotherapy that I really started plowing through the book. And one year after my chemo was done, I had a publisher and the book was completed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When it's aligned. Yes. Yes. It's true. That must've been so devastating to receive your cancer diagnosis. That's scary. It was. And I actually had a second one um, this past year. So I've had two cycles of, I had seven cycles of chemo and then another eight cycles of chemo just, and I just finished them. I actually just finished my chemotherapy at the beginning of February of this year, 2022. So 
it was, this is where I'm radiating resilience. <laughs> no kidding. And you, you kept your hair. So you didn't lose your hair. I didn't. And I actually, I was, I spent a lot of time going through my chemotherapy, which is one of the things I talk about in the book is how you can actually approach your body differently. So yeah. in part two of the book, it's called embodying the soul. And what I'm talking about is actually being proud and living through your body, realizing you're not just a spirit having a human experience. You are also your physical form while you're in this form because your, your spirit has chosen this form. It wants this tactile and tangible experience. Right. And so what I would do is before I would go into my chemo, I would um, spend time smiling at all my organs and loving all my organs oh. and explaining to them what was going to happen. So I would explain to my liver that it's going to be working really, really hard over the next couple of days because it's going to be trying to flush out all these chemicals and explain to my brain that the chemicals would be going up to it and we have to allow it to open to heal. I mean, I, I would go through all the major body parts, focusing, using a technique that's similar in Qigong where they do sound healing. So I actually, that's how I started off. I started off doing sound healing and I would sing notes or tones to certain parts of my organs and I would just focus on them. And I think that made a difference in my ability to be able to, because I never got sick once during my chemo. Oh my God. Which is quite surprising. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong if you do get sick because it's a devastating experience. But right. I, I, do, I do think a large part of it was... Um, my just my conversation prepping the body because your cells are alive so when you speak to your body it listens and it hears you so i love that i love that so how how was it growing up with salvation army ministers is that you know you think of the salvation army as being very very uh, narrowly focused i think and Yes, old-fashioned. <laughs> you have it right there. Of ministry. Well, there was. We weren't allowed to have alcohol in the house. There was no yeah. alcohol, nothing like that in the house. Sure. Um, you, you, I wasn't encouraged to go to dances or anything. So I used to spin around the room. I would spin and spin and spin. And I think just because I had this energy, and I would. I, that's how I initially started to meditate was by spinning. Oh. So. But my, my parents were, I mean, they're beautiful. They were beautiful people. Uh, my mom is still with us, but my dad has passed. Um, but they were definitely very narrow-minded in their, their concepts of the world. Although I think my mom has blossomed over the last couple of years a little bit. For her. How could she not with a daughter like you, right? Well, she doesn't know everything about my, my spiritual. I mean, we've had conversations, but it's not, I try not to. I'm of the mindset that, I'm not going to try to change someone, but if they're open to talking about it, then I will have a conversation around it, but I'm not going to try to convince anyone no. that this is the best way of living. I, I agree. I agree. I don't want to proselytize. I don't want to push anything anybody, down anybody's throat at all, but if they're open, I'll have the conversation. No, I think that's Most definitely very, you know, very good way to go about it. Um, and what about the experience of growing up multiracial? Were your parents white? They were, yeah. but I mean, it's, people are always shocked. Even when they look at me, they have a hard time seeing. And if you actually saw my birth mother, you would be able to, to see it a lot more because I'm um, a quarter black and I'm half Turkish. Oh. And then the rest is some sort of European, <laughs> some sort of white right. European. I don't, I don't exactly know. So yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I was always, I always felt different and I always felt I, my personality, my whole 
I'm a very exuberant being and I'm, I don't sit still well, I'm very expressive. And so I was very different from my parents. So the upbringing was, I think it was healthy for me because I do believe that you choose your pathway. Um, but I also know that, you know, maybe if I had had a different setting or atmosphere or encouragement, I might've come out a little bit differently, but maybe that's not where I was supposed to be. So. Absolutely. And then growing up adopted, how do you think that affected you? I'm not quite sure because I don't know what it feels like not to be adopted. <laughs> that's the reality. So yeah, that's true. I, I feel like um, I've never really felt, cl- I, don't, I don't understand when people talk about this blood bond, like, you know, the blood is thicker than water. I've never understood that. And, right. um, you know, I really have the mindset that we make our own families because I have, I have a, a girlfriend that's like a sister to me. And I, I think that that's what it would feel like if I had a sister and, and I have friends that are, are like true family, like they have your back. And I've, I've seen um, families that are actual blood and they turn on each other. So, right. You know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> My, no. my birth mother would never have been able to, she was very young. She was about 15 when she had me. So she would never have been able to raise me. It wouldn't have been fair on her or me. So no, it wouldn't have. Yeah. And full disclosure, I'm an adoptive mom and, you know, just like, it's just what, you know, and there's no, nothing different about it. It's just what, you know, right. It's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this difficult diagnosis that was that was terrible what how long ago was this the first one was in 2019 in may oh so just over three years ago yeah yeah that was when my first one and they actually they took a biopsy of my brain and so i had it shaved here and i had this kind of little reminder scar there and yeah gosh yeah it, it was it was a tough experience it was very challenging I can imagine, but that's not the only difficult thing that you've been through. No, I've been through bankruptcy. Um, Yeah, a variety of different, different challenges. Yeah, Um, you've been through some stuff. Yeah. So um, then you turn to writing and writing your experience. Um, When did you... When did you know that you were different and how did you, how did that come up? How did you think, wait a minute, the way I'm living life and wanting to express myself is not like nobody does that. I think, again, I've, I've always been aware of the fact that I was unusual in my approach of, of how I exist. Um, but it was also, I, I hit the corporate world very young and I was working for um, a large corporation when I was about 20 years old. And I was doing some consulting with them, with one of their consultants. And we were in, I was in Calgary on business and um, we, we went out for drinks and she sat me down and she said, you know, you've got something very different about you. And this is someone I really respected. This is not someone who was kind of out there and, you know, like there was no, nothing hippie about her, although I wouldn't have cared if there was, but right. um, she just, she was very grounded. And she says, there's something very different about you and you're not doing everything you should be. And, you know, there's more to this realm and to this world than you realize. And it's time for you to start experiencing that. And that was the last time I saw her. And that really struck with me. Oh. And about um, a couple of months later, my husband at the time, uh, he had, was going to school, he was going to BCIT. 
And he had met a teacher who was very much into the spiritual. And I had just started to explore the spiritual stuff. And I had gone to a bookstore in ba- called Banyan Books in Vancouver. Um, and I met who I'll call Bill. That's what I call him. I talk about him a little bit in the book. And he really kind of opened me up. We had a very platonic friendship, but he really opened me up to, we did past life regressions. Uh, we used to play in the other realm. Like we would both go down into trance, into meditation, and we would go and experience together different things. Mm-hmm. So we would try to meet up there and go and experience different things. So I was, I was lined up in that way to be able to have someone open me up more. And that's when I really started to dive into it. And then I got distracted off into the corporate world. And then my diagnosis actually is what brought me back to being here. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. Oh my gosh. What were you doing in the corporate world? What was your role? 
I was a CMO, a chief marketing officer. So I do strategic consulting for organizations. Yeah, fantastic. And now you've got a wellness center. No, I had a wellness. (laughs) I I jumped all over. So I did corporate and then I I left that and I thought, no, I'm going to go full spiritual. I'm going to go fully. And I started a wellness center called Within Wellness because I believe that wellness started within. Sure. And so everything was based on spirituality, intuition, development, uh, internal healing, yoga, even we'd had yoga courses, but that came from always focused on the wellness within before you went to your physical form. Mm-hmm. So meditation, I taught meditation and then I went back into the corporate and then the diagnosis brought me back out of that. And now I'm oh, here. My <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this book, Soulphoria, also yes. covers sensuality. Yes. I can actually walk you through the different parts Oh, of the book. that might be because yeah. it tells kind of a story. So okay. the first part of Soulphoria is called the flirtation of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're starting to engage with the world around us, with the water and with the trees and the air and the fire. And we're starting to dance with the elements and flirt with them so that we can receive messages back from them and actually use them in our healing process, sure. as well as starting to connect with our ancestors and our intuition. And then from there, we go into embodying the soul. And in, this is where we're going from starting to connect with the world around us to actually connecting within us into a, bringing our soul into our body so we can experience fully our physical form. Mm. And then from there, we move into this spiritual strip tease and the spiritual strip tease. This is where we actually start removing layers of ourselves. So religious conditionings, old upbringing, old beliefs about ourselves. We start to recognize them, inventory them and start to remove them and strip them off. And from the spiritual strip tease, we move to the sublimely naked soul. And this is one of my favorite parts because I find so often in life, we are taught how to heal and how to remove these layers of ourselves. But how often are we reminded how to actually solidify it? So this is the sublimely naked soul. This is where we learn that as we evolve and change, our world will change and our relationships will change. And some people will come and go and it's okay to allow them to go, allow them to pass by you. And where you can actually become confident in this new naked aspect of your soul self. I don't mean actually walking down the street naked unless that's what you'd like to do. But (laughs) but, um, it's more about just being out there and being proud of who you are and not being ashamed of it and feeling the need to hire it, hide it. And then from there, we move into becoming a mistress of mysticism or a master of mysticism if you're a male. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea here is we're tapping into all the different aspects of ourselves. So this is where I guide people into tapping into your child side, tapping into your teen side and tapping into your woman side and becoming whole. And from there, we talk about ritual and and using manifestation to actually create. And then from there, we go into sulfuria. (laughs) So within there, (laughs) within there, there is definitely discussion about sensuality. I talk about using um, masturbation as meditation, as a form of meditation for manifesting So all of those different, it's really about embracing you. And even those aspects of yourself that you've been told are wrong or bad, or if you were raised like me, maybe they're a sinner. You learn to take the sides of yourself that you feel power from and that you feel are beautiful and release the others, not hate them, but just let them go. And you allow yourself to build up from the inside out. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, What about tipping spiritual cows. I saw this in your materials. I was intrigued. So 
that includes um, areas like Carmen Sin. So I, I, I discuss how there is a correlation. Quite often in the spiritual world, what will happen is that people will leave their religion and they'll adopt traditional spiritual dogmas that reflect their religious upbringing. So karma is one of those things that we're taught often that if we do something wrong, we will pay for it in the future. And it's that reward and punishment. And that's, it's you know, not, yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not a healthy way of living. And this is the thing I, I'm, I'm trying to create, get people to question, question everything, like question things and be willing, sorry, <coughs> to question things because that allows us to explore what we truly believe. And it's time for us to discover our own beliefs, I think, instead of allowing other people pile it on. So that was one of them. One of the other uh, tipping of the spiritual cows was just the talking about the fact that, you know, I question the belief of a, a God and the concept of hell. And so that's something else we talk about in the book, as well as, as um, just the fact that you can use met masturbation as meditation, because a lot of, again, traditions teach you that touching yourself is wrong, loving yourself that way is wrong, or that you're wasting energy because there are there are yogic practices that will teach you you only have so much sexual energy or creative energy. And when you do that, you're losing that energy. Well, if everything is infinite and energy, energy is everywhere and you're able to pull that in, you're not wasting energy. You're just cleansing yourself out and fueling you. No, I, I totally agree. You know, that's not wasted energy at all. And what about the concept of, of dating yourself? Yes, I love this. <laughs> this is what I call a self-love affair. So this is where, you know, I'm really encouraging people to get to know yourself, spend time with yourself and actually take yourself out. So for example, if there is a park you've always wanted to visit in your local area, or maybe you want to go somewhere, you want to travel somewhere, be willing to take yourself and actually dedicate some time each week to spend time with you. So that every week, maybe every Thursday evening, you take yourself out for a dinner, or maybe you just go for a walk but you actually feel like you're dating yourself as well as just waking up in the morning. You know, if you're with someone you love and you roll over and you say, Hey, beautiful. How are you doing this morning? Why not do that to yourself? Oh. All of those different things, because it's, it's all part of that spiritual connection with ourselves. And just with the book, every part of the book has a teaching and practices because it was important for me to make it pra practical. And that's where the practicality comes in. Uh-huh. So what kind of practices, what, what type of practices do you talk about in your book? And what are some of your favorites? I would say um, probably some of my favorites would be the meditation practices and the breathing practices. So I have ones that talk about step breathing, which it's a little bit hard for me to show you right now. But um, the, the practices... There's such a variety of them. I mean, I talk about stripping down your meditation practice and how you can rebuild your own meditation practice. So undressing meditation is actually what it's called. Um, I also speak to uh, connecting with your soul spark. So that spark within you finding, how do you find that soul spark within? And then how do you ignite that soul spark and actually have it come out with you in your day? And then at the end of the book, when we talk about the child and the teen side, there are some good exercises to connect you with your child side, as well as your teen side, as well as learning when it's beneficial. So something that I think is quite intriguing for, for a lot of people I've spoken with about it is that when you're, let's say you're going into a situation, let's say you need to do a, 
negotiation or you need to ask for your boss for a raise. Well, your child side probably won't be so strong with that. And your adult side might actually be a little bit self-conscientious to do that. But your teen side often will be bold and brave and a little bit more border pushing, boundary pushing. And so by being able to connect into that teen side and take that in that room with you, you will be able to pull on that energy. So there's some exercises such as that, as well as how to heal those sides. So for example, if you have trauma from your past, you can ask which aspect of me has held on to this trauma. And I have had women who've said they're, you know, my, I picturing them, I can see my child. I can see my teen at 14. I can see an aspect of me at 30. And it's my teen that's stepping forward. And she's feeling this because of this and this and this. And so you start to be able to heal because then, you know, if you need to spend more time with your teen side, you can do that. And that's how you can start to heal those different aspects as well. Mm, this is wonderful. This is great. Um, so this is this book has practices, insight, and all of the things. So do you work with clients on this? Do you work on with people on one-on-one on a one-on-one basis? I used to, and I may start to, but I'm actually really focusing right now on getting some workshops and courses up because I would like to, my thought is I'd like to create a sulfuric community. (laughs) So, you know, a place where people can come and share and exchange and, and practice with each other and be able to grow and develop. And so what I'm hoping to do is have some courses that will, so for example, if you love the flirtation of the cosmos and you want to learn more, then you would take the course and that would actually get you into being able to flirt more effectively with fire and be able, I know I don't mean starting fires, but I mean, just being able to read the fire and how it, how can you pull that passion energy into your life and use it? Right. So tell me more about this. This is very interesting. The passion energy and the fire energy. Yeah. Can you explain that? So the concept is that, and this is a very common concept with shamanic practices, as well as um, any kind of really mystic practices that the three different or the four different elements each have different energies. So the fire is usually passion and spark of life. The water is the feminine. That's that kind of nurturing and flowing, flowing through life. Mm-hmm. Air are usually in tarot would be the, the want, the sword, sorry, which is the mind energy. It's your intellect, it's thoughts. And the earth would be that grounded. So that's your kind of physicality, your security, your health, and your wealth, your tangible wealth in this life. And so by learning to connect with these energies, you can actually, so for example, if I wanted to do a a ritual to sustain, sorry, sustain something for long-term, what I might do is actually go outside and find a sacred place that I would bury something that I've blessed. And I would put that into the earth and I would do an earth energy ritual around that because that is sustaining it long-term. So if I wanted to do something where I'm letting something go, I might burn it in a piece of, in a fire on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. or I might go down to the water and pick up some leaves and let them drift away from me and let the water flow it away. So there's different things that you can do for, for healing as well as um, mystic practices. Right now, did you have a, a teacher for these mystic practices? No, unless I can count my past life teachers, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of, I've spent a lot of time going into my own personal trances. And in part of the book, there's sections in the book called mystic moments. And those mystic moments are samples of my trances, different journeys I've been on and different experiences I've had with, I call them my mamas. So my, um, 
I think it's a gra- grandmother from one life and my mother from another life. And I have actually spent time learning from them. So you can read about those in the book as well. Oh, this is wonderful. What do or did your parents think about all of this crazy stuff you've been doing? Well, I don't know if my mother actually knows that much about, she doesn't know I've written the book. No, really? she doesn't. No, she doesn't. No. Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> Why not? I'll She'd give her a call of you. I'm not quite sure. Again, remember, Minister of Army officers, to the point that I will tell you a little bit of a personal, different style of a personal story. My brother, I have, I had three brothers. One died, passed away during COVID. And um, uh, my oldest brother lives not too far from me. And so we're, we're quite close. But my brother, who's the middle one, He's, I have my three brothers were three years or all of them were older than me. Sorry, not three years, but they were all older than me. Okay. So the middle one, he is hyper, hyper fanatical Christian. And when I got my first diagnosis, he wrote me this ugly, ugly email, you know, saying that it was my fault and that I've got to get down on my knees to pray. Otherwise I was going to die and I was going to go to hell. And that's, that's the, the level of yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I will, and it's not my, my mom's not like that. At some point I will share it with her, but I've got to feel like I'm ready to also kind of walk her through it. And if she has questions, I just need to be able to be prepared for that. Oh, absolutely. And of course yeah. your dad has passed. Yes, so he has. But I know he's proud of me. I know he, he and she will be too. It just <laughs> She will be too. She just needs yeah. to be in the right perspective to be able well, to. And I, I also acknowledge the fact that I have to have enough faith in her to be able to share and trust her with this experience. And I also acknowledge that fact. So, Well, there is that as well. Do you have any other books that are in you that are going to be coming out soon? I have uh, one that I'm about halfway through writing and I'm working with my writing coach. She thinks it could be another six months. So I'm excited for that one. And that one is going to talk about 12 attitudes for women to, to dawn into their own inner queen. Ooh, so like yeah, I, I'm excited for this one. And I have, I have a couple of others I want. I have so many book ideas. It's just finding the time and actually being able to sit down and create and lose yourself in the process. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely true. So, yeah. And if someone wanted to find out more about you and the, your upcoming programs, your classes around um, your book, um, how can they find you? They can find me at Soulphoria. So S-O-U-L-P-H-O-R-I-A dot C-A. Or they can just Google Soulphoria and they'll probably end up there. Yeah. <laughs> actually which is what i'm doing now because i wanted to see your your website what a wonderful lovely website all about the book reviews wonderful yeah and you of course are published through o books which is a division of john hunt publishing they yes have been just amazing to work with from my standpoint but i can imagine as an from mine as well i i was for me, it was a dream. So now I'll get emotional. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, but that was a dream for me to have my book published. So I was very grateful. Oh, that is wonderful. It's a wonderful yeah. company and they do amazing books. I, books that need to be out in the world. Just true. Soulphoria. 
right. Yes. Um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think is important? Something that we haven't covered? No, I, I think that we've covered everything. I'm just hoping that everyone who's watching this will want to have a sulfuric experience and reach out and even just check out the website because there is free stuff on there as well. So yeah, if yeah. you're not quite ready to purchase the book, you can at least read a couple of articles and some see some exercises and things like that. I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Alessandra, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.